favorite authors, friends, and guests explore the simpler side of life. Here's your host, Amish fiction author, Tracy Fertikowski. There. Welcome to another episode of Buggy Talk. I'm your host, Tracy Fredikowski. Each week, I bring you the story behind the stories along with the storytellers. For this week's episode, we have award-winning Amish fiction author, Rachel J. Good, who will introduce us to her latest release, An Amish Marriage of Convenience. Hello, Rachel. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you, Tracy? I am doing wonderful. We have been blessed to spend some time together this summer, and we're going to spend some time together again in Lancaster at an author event coming here in September. So we've got to know one another pretty good over the last couple of years, and I'm very honored that you have come back to join us on the Buggy Talk. An Amish Marriage of Convenience is your latest release, but before we start talking about that, as you know, I love to talk to our authors a little bit about their writing career. So do you mind if I dig into your personal writing career a little bit? That's fine. All right. All right. Well, we both, you write Amish fiction. I write Amish fiction as well. You are more on the romance side of Amish fiction, and I'm more on um, teaching a spiritual lesson through it. But each of our storylines and what we decide to write can be terribly emotionally draining sometimes. As an author, do you have any tips for inspiring authors that can help them through the emotional challenges of writing? I often find that as writers, we're putting our characters through lessons that we need to learn ourselves. So that makes it doubly emotionally challenging. So I rely a lot on prayer, of course, and I use scripture verses as inspiration. I have some favorites, but I also just open the Bible at random sometimes and start reading. And I find that God just leads me to the words that I need to keep on going when I'm struggling. And some other things I like to do, I take walks in a nearby park. Just being out in nature like calms me and reminds me that God's in control. And I also like to talk to writer friends because they understand what I'm going through. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I do. You know, I have a writing partner, and I think all of us writers have have another author friend that we can just pick up the phone and call or text or Facebook message, whatever we do. But I rely on that person, you know, and she relies on me. And I'm assuming you have somebody, too. But they do. They understand what we're going through. So we do rely on each other a good bit. One other thing that helps me a lot is visiting Amish country and spending time with my Amish friends because they take life in stride and just see everything as God's will. So they don't fret about things and being around them just reminds me that I need to do the same thing. It's exactly. very uplifting. It really is. I know I have an Amish friend both in Pennsylvania and one in um, Wisconsin. And when I visit Levina's home, there is just a piece about it. You know, there's, there's no air conditioners running or televisions on or the radio blaring. You know, it's just calm. It's peaceful. Even with she's got five little boys, even with her five little boys running around, there is just a sense of calmness about her. She doesn't get riled about anything. You know, those boys can be running around and all she has to do is snap her finger and they calm down. And uh, I agree. Just visiting your my Amish friends um, is a great comfort to me. Now, I know that you write 
I'm, I'm pretty sure most of your stories take place in Lancaster. Is that correct? Right now, yes. So how much world building does it take for you to do before you start writing a new story? Well, whenever I write a story, I actually physically go to the place that I'm where I'm setting it. So like I went to the camel farm and learned how to care for and milk camels and drank camel's milk before I wrote his pretend I'm <laughs> And I went to the Amish special needs school to write the Amish teacher's gift. So most of my stories are set in Lancaster and I try to go to the particular setting where I'm right that I'm writing about. But this past year, I've also taken trips to Unity, Maine and Pinecraft, Florida to learn about the communities there. And I have stories in mind for both those settings. So I'm looking forward to writing those too. Oh, I have been to Pinecraft quite a few times. I have a, a friend down there that I go see all the time. And um, that is a different experience everyone mm -hmm. needs to experience because it's not like any other Amish community you'd ever visit. <laughs> did you, did you go to the 96 postal cafe? Is it 96 or I can't remember the postal cafe. Have you visited there? Yes. And Yoder's and all the other places. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a great place. So what's your favorite part and your least favorite part of the publishing journey? Well, as you know, publishing is filled with ups and downs and I wrote a long while before I got published. At first, I mostly wrote for magazines, and I collected quite a few rejections from editors along the way. And that mm -hmm. hurt, and it was so discouraging. Many times I thought about giving up, but a few acceptances along the way just kept me going. And all the while, I kept working on improving my writing. So my biggest thrill in writing was the first time an agent wanted to sign my novel. And even now I still get a thrill whenever I come up with a short pitch for a book and my agent or editor says they like it and they want to take it on. But then of course that means the hard part of actually writing the book. Well, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. There. I do. I do. The pitch is the easy part. You know, the synopsis is the easy part. Flushing all those characters and all those scenes out. That's what the hard part. And then it doesn't stop there. Then you have marketing like you're doing today, promoting this book and everything that goes along with it. You know, I think sometimes aspiring authors look at writing as such a Put it up on a pedestal a little bit. But really, there's a lot of hard work that goes into writing that goes way beyond coming up with a great story. The bookkeeping and the marketing and the editing and, oh, goodness, I could we could go on and on, couldn't we? Yes. <laughs> but 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 after all of that, you know, the joy for me and and I'm not sure what the joy for you is, but I'll ask you in a minute. But after all that hard work, the joy for me is when I hear from the readers, whether that story touched them or reminded them about something in their past, or they saw, you know, the light of Jesus in between the pages somehow, you know, that's what makes it all worthwhile. What, what in your opinion makes all that hurt, hard work worth it? The same as you with the readers and their responses and just knowing that I've helped someone or touched someone. In fact, I had a wonderful story with, a Jewish woman came to one of my signings and said that my books had brought her to God. She said they had enough of God in it that it, it touched her, but it didn't make her 
um, put them down because it was too Christian at the time. So mm -hmm. I try to make my stories more about the actual experience of growing closer to God. And that's what what drew her into the story. Well, that takes us into talking about an Amish marriage of convenience. And before I ask you some questions about that particular story, I'm going to go ahead and read your back matter just so we can set the stage. Okay. Sounds good. All right. This is Rachel J. Goods, an Amish marriage of convenience. When widower Stephen Lapp moves his five children from New York State to Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, his only plan is to buy his family's farm stand, Lapp's Pastured Pork. That way, his brother can move closer to his fiance and open his own stand. But on Stephen's first trip to the market, his brave act of kindness nearly ends in catastrophe until strong-willed Nettie Hartzler saves him and makes an impression he can't forget. A widow with private heartaches of her own, Nettie has no interest in getting involved with any man, though she doesn't discourage their respective children's new friendships, despite Stephen's contentious oldest daughter. But when Nettie runs into serious money worries and Stephen proposes a marriage of convenience, she's distressed and conflicted. She's come to know Stephen's gentle heart and generous soul, and she can't believe he'll want her if she reveals the sins of her past. God has his own plans for the faithful. However, and this time, they may include a second chance at love. I love a story that's about an older couple that has a second chance at love. So this is this is an interesting storyline, and Rachel, and I can't wait to hear more about it. So how about you tell us what the inspiration for this story was? This is actually book four in the Farmer's Market series, and Nettie, the heroine, was in the first book as the widowed sister-in-law, and she was grumpy and not very likable. And I love taking crabby people and showing what make, <laughs> made them that way and like bringing them around to being lovable. So for her, I had to figure out what in her past, besides being a widow, had made her so negative and given her this outlook on life. And one thing that had been on my mind for a while was an Amish woman in the Lancaster community whose husband left her to become English. And as you know, the Amish can't get divorced, not even in those circumstances. So she's left alone for the rest of her life and has to raise her children without a husband. And that made me wonder, like, what if that happened to Nettie when she was a child and how it would affect her and how it would hurt her if her dad left her mom and became Amish? Of course, I added more difficulties to Nettie's story and her past. So you have to find, read the book to actually find out <laughs> everything that she went through. But her childhood and teenage years were very unusual. I love writing about grumpy people, too. My last book, Rebecca, she was she was just a little snip. But, oh, I loved writing about that. And I loved writing how she was transformed out of that state. And it sounds like you've done the same to Nettie as well. Now, this book is set in Lancaster as the other three in the series. So we already talked about that. So what do you hope that the reader will take away from this? Or what is the key theme or message that you want to portray in this story? Because of Nettie's unusual past, she's like really insecure and she's never felt good enough in the Amish community because she didn't really grow up there. They're the same as everybody else. 
So for her coming to realize that God loves us totally and completely is life-changing for her. And the underlying theme also is that God can use all circumstances in our lives for his glory. As well, Nettie's always been ashamed of her past. Those events that she's kind of tried to hide from the Amish community actually turn out to be her greatest strengths and allow her to serve God in very unique ways in the book. And then two other themes that always seem to turn up frequently in my books are the power of forgiveness and the importance of submitting to God's will. Both of these bring healing in the book. And all three of my main characters, Nettie, Stephen, and 12-year-old Jolene, who's quite a problem, all of them have to come to a place of forgiveness and surrendering to God before the book can have its happy ending. Hoping that you'll be okay with reading us either your first page or maybe a pivotal scene to give our listeners just a little more insight into what the story is like. I'm going to start where Nettie comes into, onto the scene so you get to meet both characters at one time. All right, perfect. And this is just a little ways into the first chapter. Nettie Hartzler stared up at the man clutching the market sign. Oh, I should explain. Stephen has come onto the parking lot, and the market sign is dangling by one chain, and it looks like it's going to come down and hit people in the parking lot. So he gets a ladder to climb up, and this is in the middle of a windstorm, and he's actually frightened of ladders. So <laughs> anyway, he's up on the ladder. Nettie drives into the parking lot. Okay. Nettie Hartzler stared up at the man clutching the market sign. The ladder shook as he reached out. What was he thinking? As he fumbled to hang the chain over the hook, one foot of the ladder rose slightly. He was going to fall. She dragged her horse to a stop, slid open the buggy door, and without even bothering to tie up her horse, raced over. Praying for strength, she gripped the ladder and threw her body toward the opposite side to counterbalance him. Stand up straight, she screamed. She couldn't hold his weight and the ladder. Overhead, chain clinked against metal. Had he hooked up the sign? She couldn't waste energy by looking up. She pitted every ounce of her strength against the tilt of the ladder. She couldn't believe this man. Who climbed a ladder in a windstorm and didn't even tie it off? The ladder tilted a quarter of an inch toward her, then a bit more until both legs rested on the asphalt. The pressure against her shoulders and arms eased slightly. He must have followed her instructions. She glanced up to see the sign hanging properly. Good. Now she'd keep holding the ladder until he descended. But he stood there as if frozen. What was he doing? Are you coming down? She asked. It, in a minute, his breathless answer and his white knuckled grip on the ladder revealed how frightened he'd been about falling. Maybe he needed a moment to catch his breath. Don't worry. I'll keep holding the ladder until you get down. Thank you. His response came out choked. Nettie couldn't blame him. She knew firsthand how perilous falls from heights could be. Her stomach curdled. She needed to get him down from there before all her horrible memories intruded. Well, we'll have to get our listeners to go ahead and pick up this book so they can read it. So I forgot to ask you, Rachel, this is book four in your Farm Stand series. Can they be read individually or is it better if they start with book one? Actually, I'm, I make all my books so they can be read individually. With this one, um, an Amish Marriage of Convenience, if you've read book one, it might be more interesting to you because you've seen Nettie as the grumpy sister-in-law, and now you get to see why she was the grumpy sister-in-law. The whole story can be read just as is. 
Can you remind our listeners where they can get this book and when it releases? And I will have the link to the Amazon page in the show notes, but can they find it on your website? Um, where can, where can they find it? Um, they can find it in any online stores. Walmart usually carries it. Um, if your Walmart doesn't have it, you can always ask and most of them will get it in for you if, if you ask. It releases August 23rd. So tell us, Rachel, I know that before we started to hit the record button, we talked about how busy our summers have been. But go ahead and share with with our listeners what you're working on and what's coming up for Rachel. Just yesterday, I turned in book five in the Farmer's Market series. So the one that comes after this one, Her Pretend Amish Boyfriend, about Carolyn, another character from the first book. Carolyn has a tendency to blurt out whatever's in her mind, on her mind, so that causes a lot of trouble. Like I said, I like characters that cause trouble, so. And I also turned in a synopsis to my editor for a Christmas anthology that's coming out next year, and he liked it, so I'll be moving ahead with the Christmas program disaster. In it, the Amish heroine helps her, her ma'am, who cares for foster children, and two of the English children in their care are attending the Amish school with um, Emily's siblings. So that makes for a lot of misunderstandings and funny scenarios, including some major disasters during the Christmas program. So I'm having fun with that one. And then I have a contract for two more books in the Farmer's Market series. So book six is going to be Dating an Amish Flirt. really like that. That sounds interesting as well. And book seven will be Missing Her Amish Boyfriend. And that those characters will all be in, introduced in book five. And then, as I said, I'm working on stories set in Pinecraft and Unity Maine. Planning stages, but I'm having fun coming up with the plots and characters. I find that if I get all that depth and feeling of the characters, that they start kind of coming alive and acting on their own. That demand to tell their own stories. Um, sometimes I feel like I'm more dictating what they want to say and do. <laughs> Exactly. You know what? I think some of us fail to realize that, you know, the Amish have baggage just like we do. <laughs> so we, we have to dig through all that baggage and help them unpack it. So that's the fun part of being a writer. Well, you know that I love to do a little speed round where I ask you silly questions that mean nothing, that have nothing to do with your writing. But it, it really gives our listeners um, a true sense of who Rachel Good really is. So are you ready for some of my silly questions? Sure. <laughs> sure. That doesn't sound very convincing. <laughs> Maybe I'll be guessing that. <laughs> there we go. Well, my first silly question is, would you rather ride a bike or go roller skating? I think roller skating. Ooh. Second question, what was the last gift you bought your husband? Some kind of a tool. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like a woodworking tool? Does he like woodworking Um, tool? No, he's more into like he loves to tinker with car engines and build at the house and stuff like that. Oh, perfect, perfect. And my last question is, what was the last candy bar you ate? Um, probably a payday. Ooh, I haven't had a payday in years. Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> well, thank, thank you so much, Rachel. Is there anything you'd like to say to your readers before we sign off? Just thank you so much for reading my books. 
you are the ones that make this all possible. I also want to let readers know that my publisher has put the eBooks of the first three books in this series on sale for 99 cents for a while until Amish Marriage of Convenience comes out and maybe a little bit after that. So if you haven't read those yet, you can pick them up at a bargain price. Oh, cool. Is that through Amazon? They put them 99 cents through yeah, Amazon? They're, yes, they're on Amazon. I think they're also on Barnes & Noble for 99. I'm not positive. Oh, don't you love it when your publisher does that? That's just yeah. awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Rachel, I want to thank you for spending time with us this week, and I look forward to hearing more about your future projects here on the Buggy Talk podcast. And to all you listeners, if you want to pick up a copy of An Amish Marriage of Convenience, look for the link in the show notes of this episode that you can find on my website at tracysamishbooks.com, or you can go to buggytalkpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete list of some of your favorite Amish fiction authors and all the great books they add to the Amish landscape.